Hey, it's Mike here. Welcome to episode number six. This is a recording from an Ask Me Anything session that we did inside of our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash The Swim Squad. You can go there and request to join. It is free to join there, and we've got a great like-minded community of distance swimmers and triathletes and open water swimmers in there. Uh, but this particular session, or what I like to do inside the group once in a while is just make a post and ask or, or have anybody ask any kind of swimming-related question that they have on their mind right at this point in time that they would uh, like an answer to or something that is maybe confusing them about swimming. And I will do my best on later on in a Facebook Live session inside the group to answer those questions. So this is a recording where we, um, man, the subject matter was all over the map. Everything from explaining two or three different types of drills that we do, how to do them, why we do them, uh, the javelin drill, the broken arrow drill, the sculling drill, uh, for example, uh, we colored, covered other things such as um, feeling dizzy and uh, off balance uh, after a swim session and using earplugs and some recommendations on earplugs, uh, which is kind of a random topic. Uh, and then even something broader such as how to stay motivated and keep on swimming after your season is over or after your big event, your A competition perhaps uh, for the season. So here it is, episode number six. See you inside. Welcome to the Swim Squad. This is Mike Jotadis. I'm your host, and this is the Swim Squad podcast for distance swimmers, triathletes, and open water swimmers. This podcast is an extension of our location-based swim coaching program in Louisville, Kentucky called Swim Smooth Louisville, where it's our mission to help swimmers of any level become a better swimmer. And now because of podcasting, we can also reach you wherever you are in the world and help you become a better swimmer. The world needs great swim coaching and stories that inspire action, and that's our mission to bring great swim coaching and inspirational stories that will ignite your inner athlete. Here's today's episode. Hello, 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 everybody. Um, okay, so thanks for all these questions. You guys like just blew me away with all the questions here. Uh, I should probably do this more frequently. That's probably my clue, right? So let's get going for anybody who's gonna watch the replay here. All right, so lots and lots of questions here and I actually like printed them off uh, so that I can answer you guys <clears throat> uh, in order here. Okay, so let's get started. Um, let's see, so Mary Beth asked about the javelin drill and the broken arrow drill. So in our local squad, these are two drills that we do quite a bit. Um, they're very, very, uh, we, see the, we see these drills all the time pop up on the dry erase board. The, the difference between these two, Mary Beth, the javelin drill, well, so first off, both these drills are designed to help you with or allow you to focus on your, uh, your arm entry. Uh, in other words, making sure that as you're swimming, that arm entry goes in nice and straight, roughly about shoulder width apart. Um, and we come at it from uh, like two different approaches basically. So I'll start with the broken arrow drill, okay? So the broken arrow drill, the sequence goes like this. It's very, very much like the 616 drill um, or master swimmers in here or maybe former competitive swimmers, you might know it as the, uh, the six kick switch drill. Uh, there's gonna be many, many names for this, but essentially here, you're gonna kick on your side with your arm extended forward for about six seconds, okay? And then you would take one single stroke Okay, and rotate over onto the other side. So this is an alignment drill, 
an alignment drill and more focused on the alignment of the arms goes into the water. The broken arrow drill is just like that, except while you kick on the side, okay, eyes forward, face in the water, that recovering arm goes straight up into the air. You hold it there for like one to two seconds, okay? And then that allows you to concentrate on the placement of that arm as it goes into the water, okay? So that the arm above the water there as you're holding it there is effectively becomes your arrow, and then you break the arrow by just simply following through the stroke into the entry uh, right there. The javelin drill is a little bit different. Uh, the javelin drill, the name of it, implies a few things already here. So it implies that you're wearing your fins, okay? So two flippers, and you're wearing one single paddle, the freestyle, the finis freestyler paddle, that pointy arrowhead-shaped paddle, you're wearing that on, on one hand only. <clears throat> then you have an, 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 a little bit of a sequence to do each and every length of the pool. So you'd start off from pushing off the wall, kicking on your side with the paddle on your lead hand, okay, just straight up kicking on your side like that, assuming good posture, shoulders back, that paddle on your lead hand there, holding it nice and straight. Uh, and then at, at the halfway mark of the length, whether you're in 25 yard, 25 meter, or 50 meter lane, you would just simply start swimming freestyle, okay, with that single paddle on one hand only, and breathing opposite the paddle hand. Okay, we're doing a couple things with this drill. You have the first half length to set your alignment and your posture. The second half the length, you're, uh, you're incorporating that good alignment and posture into your normal freestyle swimming. Plus, you have the very dynamic freestyler paddle on, your, on one hand, so that every time you take a stroke, in this case, every fourth stroke, away from the paddle, you get some feedback from that paddle. So in other words, if, you're, if your hand crosses over in front of you like this, that paddle will shift around and move. You'll be able to feel it and then make a correction, make an adjustment. Likewise, if, it, if your arm moves around underneath you as you pull through, that paddle will give you that feedback there too. So both drills, alignment drills, both drills allow you to focus on the front end of the stroke uh, uh, in, in a couple different ways. Okay, so I hope that helps uh, there, Mary Beth. Uh, let's move on quickly here to Jennifer. Jennifer asked about sculling. Oh my gosh, what a frustrating drill, right? So sculling is with a pull buoy, you're, you're floating on your front, on your stomach, and your arms are out in front, you're, and you just have them beneath the surface of the water, just moving side to side like this, getting a, a very tiny bit of propulsion, if any, maybe when you first try it, you, it's, it can be very, very frustrating feeling like you're not really going anywhere. I'm just gonna check the comments here, if I can, to see if uh, audio is fine, says John. Okay, good. <laughs> I've been rolling for like four minutes already, now I'll check. Okay, uh, so the sculling, the reason, Jennifer, we're doing sculling, Okay, one of the hardest things to develop as, uh, as an adult uh, swimmer, okay, if swimming is brand new to you, uh, maybe you're a, quote, adult onset swimmer, as uh, the term we might use, is your, your, quote, feel for the water. Very, very natural swimmers, lifelong swimmers, like, uh, like earlier this week I posted a video of uh, Karen Reynolds, okay, lifelong swimmer, uh, NCAA Division I swimmer at the University of Georgia, tremendous, tremendous what we call feel for the water. Okay, <laughs> if you didn't notice, it looked like, and I asked this question in there, it looked like she was just cruising along, swimming very, very slowly, but in fact, she was swimming at about a one, one minute, 15 seconds per 100 yard pace, and it looked effortless, right? So swimmers like Karen have this tremendous ability to, uh, to anchor their hand on the water, so to speak, and then as they move their arm through the water, uh, catch the water, anchor the hand, and pull through, and that's what one of the components of their stroke that allows them to swim so fast. This takes a lot of time and practice in the water to develop, okay? And she would have learned that you know, as a very, very young swimmer, okay? 
The sculling drill allows you to do that. It allows you to get a feel for how you might anchor your hand in front of the head out here at the beginning of the stroke, okay? That's where the propulsion begins in the stroke. So if you find yourself just stalling or going backwards even while sculling, okay, that is indicative of what might be happening while you're swimming. It might be one of the reasons why you maybe hit a plateau, you can't swim, uh, you've, hit, uh, you've hit a certain speed and you're not going much faster. As far as the mechanics of what you're doing under the water, you might just be placing the hand in the water and just pulling straight through, okay, without taking that moment to anchor the hand, catch, and then pull through. And that's why we do that sculling, is to enhance this feeling of uh, getting your hands feeling like they can anchor on the water. Okay, so I hope that makes sense. If not, just comment below. Uh, be glad to go into further depth. But I think you did see the drill in the Swim Smooth Guru, and that would explain that further, okay? All right, moving on. Page number two of questions. Uh, Jessica Schellenberg, you asked about um, best drills for learning how to use your legs less. So this is going to all begin with drills, alignment drills, like the ones that I mentioned for Mary Beth. Okay, so one of the reasons we would do the very, very simple kick on the side drill or 616636, these types of drills, these drills effectively can help you set up a better catch and pull through. So when you do these drills, it's very, very important to remember while you're kicking on your side, that hand should not be up high like this, okay? It should be angled just slightly down, maybe four to six inches fingertips below the surface of the water while doing that. That is the position your hand goes to when you're swimming freestyle. You see this in all the elite swimmers, okay? They do not overreach and overextend or try to like grab that last little bit of water up near the, the top of the surface of the water. Their hand goes straight down just like so, catch, anchor, and then pull through. So Jessica, to answer your question, as we develop a stronger catch and pull through, you'll find the need to use your legs a little bit less. You'll find that the leg kick becomes a little bit more like the background music to your stroke, okay? As long as we continue focusing on setting up the catch and then the mechanics of the catch and pull through doing drills such as sculling or the doggy paddle drill, which is another one of my favorites, okay? So not neglecting those drills. If they are challenging for you, that's an indicator that um, that's an area of your stroke that we need to continue to work on. Okay, so those drills ought to, over time, as the strength of your catch and pull through increases, you'll find that it's easier to get a feel for like what your legs should be doing. Okay, uh, you'll, you'll find that you're able to relax them a little bit too. Okay, on to Dennis. Dennis asked, uh, well, let me, let me explain to you what he said here first. He said, I've been swimming five days a week on average, one uh, squad session, one swim, one open water swim in the Ohio River, three lap swimming sessions. I know Dennis and, and these are like, uh, just like lunchtime swims, uh, uh, 30, 30, 45 minute swims, something like that. Uh, or a mile actually, he says he gets in and just cranks out a mile on his lunchtime. So five times a week, is, which is awesome, which um, you know is also why he's seen a, a significant improvement in his CSS pace that he posted uh, a day or two ago. Uh, now the tri season is over, I wanna concentrate more on running. Okay, he's also a really fast runner. Um, so can I cut down to three days a week? one swim squad, two lap swimming, and maintain my swimming fitness until I pick it back up again in the spring. Absolutely, so bare minimum, triathletes out there, um, if you swim three times a week, whatever you can fit in. So Dennis, I know you, you do a mile three times a week. Uh, obviously, something is gonna be better than nothing, but three, you can 
um, you can still maintain and, and still probably make some progress. Okay, anything less than that, you're kind of in maintenance mode. So uh, three times per week, you can still maintain and maybe make a little bit of uh, um, uh, headway into your swimming, whether that be technique-wise or fitness-wise. Uh, so bare minimum, Dennis, yes, three days a week, you're spot on. Matt Kitts, earplugs. I uh, have trouble getting out of the water. Oh, okay, so you asked, you felt like, and dude, you're swimming like 2,800 to 4,000 meters uh, workouts now, um, which is like amazing. Matt, congratulations. Uh, when you jump in the water, or when you jump out of the pool, you say, I sometimes have balance issues for a second or two. Uh, it's worse uh, if I have trouble getting the water out of my ears, yes. What are your thoughts on earplugs? Uh, earplugs, yes. Yes, earplugs can be a, uh, a real helpful tool with this. I've seen this time and time again uh, with lots of our squad swimmers here in Louisville. Um, the water just gets in your ear and it messes with your equilibrium. Um, the other piece to this is, you know, if you've been in the water and you've been swimming for an hour uh, or longer or 4,000 meter session or something like that, um, if you think about this, okay, this happens in triathlon. Um, we had the Ironman coming this weekend. Uh, unfortunately, the swim is canceled, but if you spend an hour, uh, 90 minutes, fully suspended, unweighted, you know, horizontal in the water, um, your blood's pumping, you're working, your blood's pumping through working muscles and all this kind of stuff. But when you first stand up vertical, okay, all that blood that's kind of been distributed through your working uh, muscles, like in a, in a kind of like a zero gravity environment, all of a sudden, like if you've got lots of that blood kind of like in your upper body and your chest and up here in your shoulders, okay, when you stand up, it's all going to drain down your legs, okay? So you're going to feel like dizzy and lightheaded. Um, the same thing could happen during a swim practice. Uh, now, if you if the water's in your ears and it's messing with your e equilibrium a little bit, I would definitely try some uh, some earplugs. So those are really inexpensive. I think you can get them at any pharmacy. All right, uh, so try that out. Let me know how that works. Okay, Matt. Uh, Amanda asked about. Oh, okay, so here's what she what she said. I legit just leisurely swim, and I have no clue how to get faster. Even when I consistently swim, my my swim times never changed. I don't know. Do I get into race mode? I'm sure this is no this is a no-brainer. Um, also, if the workout plan says go 80% for X amount of yards, what does that even mean? Do I just do everything faster? Do I pull harder through the water or am I just doing more strokes? Anyways, uh, she says it's a little bit of a lost cause. So she just doesn't understand some of these training concepts, I'm assuming. Okay, Amanda? So 80%. Uh, different coaches are going to have different approaches. They're going to, um, you know, they're going to have different terminology. Um, Eighty percent, if you're looking at a workout, might might to me, and I do this sometimes in our squad, is uh, eighty percent. We would say give it about an eighty percent overall effort. Okay, so just work harder. Period. So on a scale of one to ten, one being super super easy, you could swim at that effort like all day long for days. Ten being a maximal effort. Okay, you're looking for to, to give it about an 8 out of 10, okay? Um, it's a very, very subjective way, obviously, of, um, uh, of putting in effort, okay? Now, I shared with you an article about CSS training for absolute beginners. This is one way that we take it more out of the subjective realm, okay, where you're just going based on perceived exertion to where now we can give your, uh, your pace, your perceived effort, a more objective uh, a more objective look. Okay, so in, in other words, you do a little bit of a swim. You do a little swim test. 
Okay, you find out what your CSS pace is, and now all the training you do is based off of that pace per 100 yards or meters. Okay, uh, and it's your pace. Uh, it's not, you're not, and it's an objective number. Okay, so no longer are we just guessing. Okay, your CSS pace when you swim at that pace or that effort for 1500 meters, which is the benchmark basically, the swim test kind of shortens it and it's, um, it's kind of a shortcut to get us to that number so you don't have to do a 1500 meter time trial. Um, but that, that is your lactate threshold pace. So in other words, if you swim a little bit harder than that, you won't last but another minute or two, okay? Because the lactic acid builds up in your muscles and everything seizes up. If you swim just below that properly at certain intervals, for example, like we do in our squads, you can, you can push that threshold higher and higher, thus being able to swim faster and it feel easier. Okay, that's one of the principles behind CSS training. Uh, so any of you watching this, maybe circle back and check that article out. Um, it's a very good explanation of what CSS training is and why we do it. Lindsay, Lindsay Slack, I resonate with you here big time. She said, how do you stay motivated to keep swimming after a big event? I'm totally with you on this, Lindsay. I lost all my momentum uh, this past summer uh, after there was a July event that I was signed up to do. They, um, well, they didn't cancel it, but it got really hot. I opted out of not doing it. I'd done all this training right up to it, and uh, it was really hot. I didn't go feel like going to North Carolina to swim 15 Ks in 85, 84, 85 degree water. That's a long time to swim in the hot water. Uh, but anyways, I lost a lot of momentum there, feeling a lot like you're describing, like there was this big buildup and now there's nothing. Um, how do you bridge the gap? Um, I'll tell you some things that have happened that have worked for me uh, since then and through the, through the off season is one, I had some accountability partners. Um, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but in those times where it got like, really challenging for me to make it to the pool or make it to an open water swim or something like that. I had friends who just texted me just out of the blue and said, Hey, come on, we're swimming. You're coming with us, you know, and there was no pressure to perform. There was no, um, you know, the, the, it, it was just getting together with some friends and going for a swim. Okay. It wasn't like a training swim. There wasn't really a big goal in mind, but we we're going out there just to relax and have a nice swim. A lot of those were some open water swims in the river on an early morning where I really didn't even feel like getting up. Uh, but it was, I always was thankful that I did. And I was always thankful that um, those folks like sent me a text message or called me or made me. And they said, like, here's the schedule and just put me on the agenda. <laughs> like now I can't back out for some reason. You know, I have to go. So that really helped. Uh, the other thing would be a change of scenery. Um, this really helped for me just as the water temperatures have been coming down. I've really been looking forward to just, I was just bored with the heat around here and uh, swimming in the hot open water. And I could not wait literally to get into some colder water temperatures. I had a great time going up to Canada with some family, but also do some cold water swimming, which was a lot of fun. And it was just so, it was just different. Okay. So it just kind of broke up the monotony. It was a change of scenery. So Lindsay, if you can do something as a change of scenery, um, you know, uh, like personally, the water temperatures here in Kentucky are coming down a little bit. Uh, it's not a, I'm not going out to do big long swims, but it's just nice to be in like some cooler water, some cooler temperatures. It's nice to to get out there. Maybe it's maybe it's raining. <laughs> maybe it's raining when we get in the water. It's cold. It's just different. Okay. Somebody, I think uh, maybe Jessica Schellenberger, you 
tagged me on uh, an event in February, a polar plunge. Um, I need to respond to that. Uh, but that sounds a little bit intriguing. Uh, but maybe something like that, Lindsay. You know, just get together with some other people. Say we're doing this. It's going to be fun, and just have fun with it. You know, especially here in the off season. It's uh, you know we're getting ready to go indoors, do a lot of pool swimming through the holidays, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that can be uh, you know just challenging to stay motivated. So uh, find some accountability partners and just change the scenery and and find a fun event that uh, that you you and a band of friends could get together and do just for fun. Lastly, Leela asked about her right arm seems to be swinging a little bit wide on the pull through, uh, and then it also seems to lose uh, to be loose and does a slight swooshy thing. She says underwater almost like a little dance a mild dance move so i'm assuming lila what you're saying is as you're pulling through your hand kind of does like a little swooshy thing like this uh and i think i've seen this in your swimming so as you pull through during your stroke ideally what we do is we maintain this high elbow early vertical forearm catch right and pull through with that action i think what's happening is maybe just that arm is collapsing underneath the water so you're you're doing a great job like spearing your arm into the water, setting up your catch right here. But then later on, I think what happens is the elbow just kind of drops like that and does this little swooshy thing. Uh, paddles will help with that. Okay, if you put on a pair of paddles, what you need to do is just keep this arm, imagine your arm being wrapped over one of those big like uh, Swiss balls where you just pull through it and you have to keep this open space open and pull through to leverage using your lats and your triceps during the pull through. Don't let that elbow uh, collapse like that. The other thing I have right here, a little prop, these bands. Um, you can hook these up, hook these up onto, um, uh, I don't know, a pole or a doorknob or something like this. And as you and you can use these bands just to feel as you pull through. So you, you put your, your hand on this paddle uh, type thing here. And then uh, I'm trying to get my, de my demonstration going here. So you'd attach these. To a pole or something and then practice pulling through keeping that elbow up high I'll post a picture of these some other way I don't think that came through very well okay so I hope that helps Leela watch for the elbow dropping maybe that's the thing uh, that's happening underneath the water I'm getting really really long here so I hope this is helpful I'm not going too long here uh, maybe I'll find a way to replay this but at like double speed so you can get through it a lot quicker um, last but not least I had a great great question um, that I thought would be helpful. How do you build up safely for a long distance swim like a 5k or a 10k? Uh, so my personal opinion on this is start with the end in mind. Okay, so you need to plan this out and what you want to do to safely build up is you need at least three months. Okay, so 12 weeks, 16 weeks is better and then work backwards from race day. Uh, uh, so working back from race day, let's get race day on the calendar. Let's find out what that is and then one and a half to two weeks before race day would be your last big swim, which would top out, which would max out at about 80% of your race, the, the race itself of race distance, okay? Uh, so 80% of the race distance. So if it's a 10K, you're gonna, your last long swim is gonna be somewhere in the realm of an 8K swim. Uh, and then every, four, every 14 days or every two weeks back from that, you're gonna want, uh, sorry if I'm pinging here, uh, every two weeks back from that, you will, uh, uh, so those, those swims should decrease by about 10%. So you don't wanna increase any more than safely 
10% total volume, 10% per week, or to be even more on the safe side, go 16 weeks out from race day and build up 10%, build up those long swims at a rate of 10% every two weeks, okay? Culminating with an, uh, a swim that is 80% of max distance, uh, somewhere in the realm of a week and a half to two weeks out from race day. Okay, so uh, if you're thinking about doing a long distance, 5K, or maybe touching on the marathon distance in swimming, 10K, again, sorry about these, uh, these pings here, that would be my recommendation, a good place to start. First, give yourself four months, and then build up every two weeks, build up that long swim every two weeks. Okay, all right, thanks everybody. I'm gonna go through the comments here after I sign off. And uh, if you just joined, like I saw Lee just joined. Hey, by the way, okay, I'm going to shine the spotlight on Lee here real quick. Lee was, our, was the women's champion at the just last Sunday swim around Charleston, marathon swim, 20K swim around Charleston, South Carolina, first overall female swimmer. So bravo, Lee, way to represent Kentucky, okay, and the swim squad here. So congratulations. All right, I'm going to sign off. Thanks everybody for all the questions. If you have any more, um, I will make another post next week and we'll do this again, okay? All right, cheers everyone, see ya. Thanks again for joining me. This is Coach Mike Chitata signing off for now. Just as a reminder, you can find me again inside our Facebook group called The Swim Squad. Just go to facebook.com slash groups slash The Swim Squad. If you need some help with your swimming, we have a group online coaching program called The Swim Squad Academy. Right now, if you'd like some more information on that and how to work with me personally, send me an email. Just send it to info at theswimsquad.academy. Put the word academy in the subject line and I will respond to you personally and we'll see if that program's a fit for you. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.